Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the business journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we spoke to Rod Berryman and John Giovanetti from Flexible Capital. Rod and John discussed their professional journeys before founding Flexible Capital, what drove the creation of the business, and how Flexible Capital is assisting those in need of financial solutions. They also discussed the current financial climate and how that has affected businesses and individuals in search of capital. Welcome everyone, my name is Raghu from the Eden Exchange team and I'm joined by Ellen Rogers today. Hello everyone. Today our special guests are John Giovanetti and Rod Berryman who are on the leadership team at Flexible Capital Solutions. Thanks so much for joining us today guys. Thank you. Thank you. Now firstly, what brought you guys in today? What's your professional background and what brought to the formation of Flexible Capital? We uh, have come here. We've come here today as as part of uh, obviously the uh, the leadership team of uh, Flexible Capital. My um, previous uh, previous experience lies in the uh, sort of business development side of things and uh, leasing and fleet management side of the uh, uh, finance area. Also got uh, graduate diploma of applied finance and investment. So the the, uh, the idea of uh, finance is something that uh, that has uh, obviously been uh, been in the blood for a while. As for myself, my background's slightly more varied in that I finished university and went up to the Pilbara in Western Australia working as a mining engineer for a number of years. Went across to Western, uh, not Western Australia, sorry, Queensland, then down to Victoria. So I've worked in uh, mining, I've worked in construction, started a construction business in Queensland. They're still running today and I've been in finance for the best part of probably five years, predominantly working in business finance and cash flow finance. All right, so in summary, what does Flexible Capital do and what do you envision for the company? Well, Flexible Capital provides a number of finance solutions. I found in my previous history that, sorry, previous life working specifically with business finance and cash flow finance, I would get a lot of calls from brokers who were looking for solutions to, I guess, some out-of-the-box problems. Some of them were actually relatively, I would say, relatively vanilla problems. So the level of sophistication out in the market is, is quite varied. So we decided that we create flexible capital as a bit of a one-stop shop. So we can do residential mortgages. The primary bias is probably towards business funding, but there's nothing that the business can't provide. So we noticed there was a bit of a there was a bit of a gap in the market just with regards to expertise. And Rod, being the connector that he is, uh, also recognised the opportunity to get involved with a number of existing organisations and form some partnerships that we could um, leverage off of. And so far, it's been going quite well. As an extension of that, I guess uh, from our point of view, as John said, the uh, expertise is in the uh, business and uh, sort of commercial or uh, cash flow side of things. That was one of the reasons we formed these partnerships. The uh, the realisation is that, you know, um, there's a lot of people who try and do a lot of things and they're average across all. We thought we'd specialise and then partner with uh, best of breed in the business to uh, to provide a solution that uh, is in line with the, uh, you know, what the client is actually wanting or you know, we'll provide the uh, the best solution for the client because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. And how do you go about finding that solution? It, you know, look, we get a lot of people inquiring about they could be in various stages of purchasing a business, selling a business, running a business as well. I mean, is there a methodology you're taking to try and match them to the right solution in the market? Because it's not that easy a market now, is it, to do? No, I mean, you know, there's, uh, there's obviously with the, uh, everyone heard of the, uh, the Royal Commission, uh, that's changed the landscape entirely, particularly for uh, the SME, SME yeah, market. Absolutely. 
in, in, in terms of identifying the right solution for uh, for a client, there, look, there's a couple of factors that play into that. Obviously, what they're uh, what they're actually looking to uh, to achieve, not only from the loan but also uh, also the business. You also want to get an understanding of what their uh, you know previous experience in that area is, and you know when you're looking at uh, something like this, you want to find a solution that you know is actually going to help the client, not put them uh, you know in a in a position that should should something happen, there's a personal risk to them. So we try we we try and sort of work with the client to find a solution that works. And are you finding at the moment that most of your customer base is individual, or are you finding it's more small business and existing companies? To date, the majority has been either people looking to acquire business businesses or people running businesses. We've got a mix of sole traders. We've got a mix of PTY limited companies. We've got inquiries that have ranged from people that want to buy an asset that might cost $10,000 hmm. to people who want some cash flow funding for businesses turning over $60, 70 $80 million. There's nothing that you can potentially not have a look at. We've had a lot since we've started. <laughs> and is there a potentially any group that's demanding more of your services than any other? One of the things I'm finding with the uh, the current market or current market conditions is, you know, the uh, the area of uh, cash flow and working capital is a big consideration for business. Um, suppliers are wanting to be paid earlier. Creditors are looking to sort of, you know, extend terms. And yeah, it's it's just a very that that is one area that I'm finding that people are sort of taking a lot of time to try and look at because they, you know, they're trying to sort of look for ways to uh, um, to better match their cash flows. Well, you, you find with that as well, on the larger end of towns, when you're dealing with more the more sophisticated corporates, they've already got um, solutions in place, so they're looking for more innovative solutions, or they might they might have concentration issues, or they might have, there might be some sort of issue that means that their current facility doesn't work for them, but in the SME space, hmm. a lot of our inquiries come from people who know that they've got a cash flow problem, but they don't know what solutions are available in the market, so whether they're better to look for a overdraft secured by property or whether it looked look towards an unsecured invoice finance facility or um, there's a couple of new products but they, they don't actually know these products exist so there's an education piece there as well sure. um, and, and how do you see the do you see much change going on in the style of products in the market so in terms of the traditional banking or second tiers or alternative products or fintechs there seems to be a, a varying mix of different products in the market so does that make your job more challenging or more interesting? I'd say it definitely makes it more interesting. We we have to spend a lot of time um, liaising with lenders um, and other people in the market to make sure that we know what's available because mm. that way we can pass it on to, to our prospects. I mean, in saying that, in the Tier 1 space, as Rod alluded to earlier with the Royal Commission, the ease of accessing capital has definitely um, reduced somewhat. So banks are a little bit... A little bit more reluctant to to um, close a deal, and they definitely are looking for more property security. They're looking for better serviceability. In saying that, that's led to more tier twos and tier threes filling the void. Do you, do you agree with that? Is that fair? Comment? Yeah, I mean the uh, tier twos and tier threes are uh, sort of trying to step in and fill the void. A lot of that is uh, in the uh, the fintech space. But one of the things you'll also find is, you know, um, particularly in the uh, the two uh, the tier two space. They're uh, they're actually looking to uh, to innovate in terms of what they do and supply products that are a variation on on a traditional product. Supply chain finance is one example where it's supply chain finance. If you think of invoice funding as you know providing an immediate cash flow, supply chain finance actually provides them a little bit of breathing space. So you know there are variations on traditional products that are uh, you know a lot of lenders are looking to sort of 
try and roll out to the market to to, to fill mm-hmm. some of those voids and uh, yeah create uh, create a niche for themselves. And so, you know, for someone who's somewhere in that journey of purchasing or cash flow financing, so for example, if you're focused on the purchasing of a business right now, what are, what are some things? I know you don't want to give advice on here, but in terms of specific things, people should be thinking about to prepare for that journey well, with you guys. If we had a conversation with someone who was uh, prospectively looking to purchase a business. We'd want to know what do they have in terms of assets, so what can they contribute because um, obviously there's a cost associated with, with funds. If you can provide some security, the cost comes down. Um, but generally, any lender is going to want a prospective business owner to have some amount of skin in the game. So we need to ascertain that. We'd like to know what kind of business they're looking at, what, what industry they're in. Is that a franchise because sometimes you can obtain, you can obtain more funds for a franchise because it's a pre-existing and proven model. Um, we'd want to know what geographical location they're, they're looking to operate in. We'd also want to know some intangible information such as their prior experience because oftentimes the lender may be uh, sitting on the fence with regards to providing funding, but demonstration of prior experience might be enough to get the deal over the line. We've got information packs that we can send out to prospective clients and we do um, in order to gather this information and we try and make it as um, easy as possible. But just with a basic five-minute conversation, we can at least let someone who's looking to purchase a business know if it's feasible and um, what they would have to contribute in order to get it over the line. Great. It's a very useful service for a lot of people who are, even at the point where they're thinking that they may need finance, so they may need it tomorrow. All of those people are worth having a chat to you, isn't it? Absolutely. If anyone's looking at buying a business and they just broad brush know that they want to get into business, we have a conversation, we can at least let them know if it's a realistic uh, dream or not, or whether it's a dream or whether it's going to you know, come to fruition. I guess from that, it, uh, it, allows, the, uh, it allows us to sort of you know, get, uh, get an understanding of you know, what they want to achieve and where they're coming from, and then that then gives us an indication of the, uh, the information or you know, further education we might need to sort of you know, provide in order for them to, uh, to not only make uh, an informed decision, but um, to also understand the, uh, you know, what options are, are or aren't available to them. And that education piece is a, is a major value add, because if you're just looking at going by what's going on in the news, you're going by the media, going by just filling out application forms, there's a piece missing that we sense a hunger of in the market as well. You're definitely filling there for the person who who knows they need that finance option. No matter what the market is, people are going to need capital or they're going to need money. From your end, what do you think is the most challenging part of the work you're doing now? You know, one of the challenging parts for us is probably the education side of things because most of the uh, people think that um, the only options available to them um, are basically, you know, taking a loan against the house where, you know, there's, there's numerous other options that are, are available or possible. Um, and that's one of the things that, that we find, just trying to sort of educate, you know, educate people that there are other, are other options than uh, what, for example, a, a traditional bank will offer. And now that the Royal Commission has happened and the summary is released, do you think that means there's going to be more education available, more people realising that they need education in these services? I mean, with regards to the Royal Commission, the biggest impact in the financial sector is around the mortgage broking space. And whilst we provide services in the mortgage broking space, it's probably not our predominant offering. So I don't think the Royal Commission is going to be too impactful on the education piece. That The education piece more um, comes down to people or clients that um, don't realise the number of products that are in the market. And some of the products are so flexible. 
that wasn't deliberate. <laughs> they're so flexible that for someone who's not well versed in working capital, it takes a bit of time to, to let them to help them get their head around it so they can use it to their advantage. It's, yeah. it's not as easy as just pouring against the house, um, and yeah. you don't want it to be as easy because it's not going to be it's not going to be the right solution in a lot of cases. It's a great point because that is a very common misconception that that's the, the best and only way to go. Mm. Uh, even though at times it could be, mm. but the, the reality is you need to have that option table there and some guidance, mm. which you guys are providing. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, so, some of the products that we've got access to and that we'll promote to our clients, they can be extremely cost-effective if you utilise them properly. So from my point of view, it's not just about lining someone up with the correct facility for them, it's about coaching them and how to utilise that facility to manage it in the most cost-effective um, way possible. So sometimes you might pay a higher fee than you'd pay going to a tier one bank if you qualify, but you leverage that against the growth opportunities that it affords you because it's not capped to, by the value of your house. Hmm. But getting someone to understand that and getting them to understand how to use a facility, that, that that's part of our job. We want people to be happy, satisfied. We want them to grow. Hmm. We grow with them. And then um, they pass our name on to their peers. So what, what are your key goals now for flexible capital? Where do you see the company going? The company has been around for, I guess, a brief period now. It, it was formed as an amalgamation of a couple of prior finance-related and some uh, extensions of finance in terms of the businesses. Um, so we're consolidating. We are continuing to grow. So whilst we've got a series of strategic partnerships to fill in any um, voids, I guess, that we don't have in-house expertise with, we will continue to bring those services in-house. Yeah, I guess ultimately we're just looking to, to build more long-standing relationships. Well, I guess from our point of view, we're looking to, uh, yeah, would like to uh, be seen as one of the... Uh, one of the uh, prime places to uh, to actually go and find out some information or some education on some of these products, and uh, as well as being able to uh, you know be seen as one of the uh, premier providers of you know finance across across these various areas. So, what differentiates flexible capital from anything else on the market? Well, I'd say one of the big points of difference is that amongst our team, we've got a significant amount of industry experience. So. We haven't finished school and gone into finance and been, been life, life bankers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started companies, I've helped companies grow. I've, I've worked for big companies, I've worked for small companies. Broad's the same. There's others that are involved that are the same. So we've been on the other end. We've been looking for seed capital. We've been looking for cash flow funding. We've been looking for asset finance. So we've experienced the pain. So we know how to relieve the pain. Um, we've been the ones that have been um, at one point relying on the expertise of others to find solutions. And now, since being in the industry for a number of years, we basically, we, we know who's out there, we know what their offerings are, we know what the parameters of their facilities are, um, so we can lead people to the most appropriate solution or the number of most appropriate solutions quickly. Um, but I would say our prior industry experience, having gone through what the majority of people that are making inquiries are going through, it, it gives us empathy, but it gives us that experience. And I guess, you know, one key aspect is the fact that we are independent. And because we uh, we partner with uh, um, providers, service providers uh, that that operate in a a similar way to what we do, rather than being uh, tied to a financier, it actually gives us that that degree of independence in terms of you know what we can provide and the solutions we provide. So, you know, a lot of these uh, a lot of these comparison sites will will have preferred relationships with particular lenders. In, in some cases. That will be, you know, that will be where they sort of, you know, their, their focus is, or their, you know, any, any suggestions that they put forward might, you know, might be tailored towards those those lenders that they've got on their panel. Whereas, you know, by having uh, an independent network, 
um, it allows us uh, some flexibility in terms of not only the other lenders but the other the products that we can we can access. One of the points we're trying to get across is that the market changes quite a bit, you know, year on year, month on whatever it might be. So when when people are lending now, it doesn't mean they're not going to lend in the future or they're going to lend again. So it seems to go through a lot of phases and cycles where certain styles of businesses, certain types of lending become popular, come in and out. So do you see this sort of tightening of lending lasting much longer or do you see it opening up soon? I know it's a very hard thing to guess, but from your years of experience, you must have seen some ebbs and flows in the, in the market now. I mean, I personally think that it's probably going to remain constricted for a couple of years. We're still, whilst I say the, the Royal Commission is most impactful in residential lending, Australia is a, company that is a country that is highly tied to the value of properties. So any constriction in the value of properties has a flow-on effect to the remainder of the economy. Um, if I look at tying back into working capital solutions, we've, we've had a lot of clients in the construction space. And there's a lot of lenders in the last probably six to 12 months that have pulled out of the construction space and they've pulled out specific regions. So Melbourne and Sydney, money was just flying out the door hand over fist three or four years ago. Now it's quite the opposite. And basically until the softening of, of the apartment market mm-hmm. in Sydney, Melbourne and two degrees southeast Brisbane, uh, sorry, southeast Queensland plateaus and we start to see some growth, you probably see that those restrictions will remain in place. I've spoken to uh, a couple of the uh, senior uh, senior management of uh, a couple of the, the tier one lenders, the banks, and they reckon it's probably going to be 12 to 18 months before they sort of really start to, you know, fully appreciate what it all means mm-hmm. and then start to sort of, you know, put things in place or start to sort of free up the, uh, their lending criteria again. So probably feedback I've got from a number of people out in the field is it's going to be at least 12 months, if not 18 months, before mm-hmm. things will start to uh, start to improve. And from our end, we know that's not going to stop a motivated person who wants to get into business or grow their business. So mm. no matter what, they need a solution, mm. um, the, the regardless of what the market's doing. So I think the, the type of thing, flexible capital solutions, is, is very relevant to that, to the person who I just talked about. So we do encourage anyone interested to head towards flexiblecapital.com.au and put down an inquiry. You'll have a contact us box near the podcast, so please put your details down. One of the team will be in touch with you very quickly to get your journey going with the company. Look, I also wanted to ask Rod and John, what, what's the best thing about your job now? What's driving you to do what you do? Me personally, being an engineer, I, I like to find solutions and I like to find solutions that are efficient and are cost effective. Despite the fact I've worked in finance for, for a number of years now, that still runs deep with me. What do you think, Rod? You'd be slightly different, your drivers, I imagine. Oh, look, I guess from my point of view, similar. It's it's the satisfaction of being able to uh, to find a solution to find a solution and help someone out, um, particularly when you know they didn't think that there was uh, there was one available. I mean, obviously you can't do it in all cases, but in you know in 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 the majority. At the same time, it's also rewarding to uh, to go on the journey with the person and uh, you know to be able to sort of see their business grow from the, the, the work that you've done in the, uh, the early days. And that, you know, that, that, is, that is a rewarding experience. Excellent. So if you, you're looking for like a, one, a piece of education on how to go, or if you need a solution very quickly, I'd suggest, we'd suggest you get in touch with Flexible Capital Solutions. It's been extremely insightful today talking to you about the market, what's going on, the goals about the company. We'd love to have you on again soon for an update on how you're travelling and also given your expertise, we'd want to have some more detailed topical discussions about you about particular industry changes or 
or even product changes because I think it's very relevant to our market to know about the best way to make sure you get that transaction through or keep your business growing. So thanks again for your time, John and Rod. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to Rod Berryman and John Giovanetti from the leadership team at Flexible Capital. For more information on Flexible Capital or for other episodes of Eden Exchanges, head to our networking website, businessbuyinvest.com. You can also subscribe to this series on iTunes or Stitches on Android devices. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram for recent information on the buying, selling and investing world. Thank you.